Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, this is Mark Ritter, your host of Credit Union Conversations. Thank you for joining us. And please make sure to subscribe on your favorite audio platform. Uh, We drop episodes every two weeks. And uh, I really enjoy when I'm out and about in the credit union community, hearing people come up to me and say, hey, I I listened to your show and I liked it. And they have questions about an episode. And and I say to myself, wow, people actually listen. So, So I'm really happy about that. So when we record these shows, uh, we block out an hour of time, and and we typically try to keep the recording to maybe 30 minutes or so for each episode. Uh, Today I'm worried because uh, myself and my guest could probably talk for the next three or four hours uh, and and not even scratch the surface and uh, could keep going for a long, long time. Because today... We are talking about small business lending and, and, and what's out there to help small businesses. And joining me today is Pat True from Lendovative. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on today. And uh, I think you're right. I think we could talk for three or four <laughs> hours easily on this subject. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Unfortunately, most people would turn off uh, uh, yeah. probably about an hour into it. So. So just for full disclosure, Pat and I, uh, we actually worked together uh, at, at, a, at an employer back in the 90s. And uh, when I lived in Nashville, where, where Pat still lives in that area, and so I always refer to that time as my glory days, as a, a single young guy living my life in Nashville. So, um, Pat, if you could give people a little bit of your background and a little bit about yourself and your origin story, uh, that'd be great. Sure. Happy to. Um, I started in commercial lending in 1986, and I was on the banking side versus the credit union side at that time. But I worked with a bank called Commerce Union Bank and became became a commercial lender, really specializing in working capital finance and did a lot of SBA lending as well. And through the years with them, they they merged with several different entities and were about to become Bank of America in 1995 when I left them as a senior credit officer. And then I made the transition into into technology. So that's where you and I met in 96. And um, and I've since really from 96 until today, I've worked in the banking technology space and supporting not only banks, but credit unions as well through my relationship with Jack Henry. Of course, I left Jack Henry March of last year to start Lendivative, uh, which is uh, what we're excited to talk about, you know, today. But that's my background. So, before we jump into a little bit about what Lendivative does, you grew up and were trained in the time where I always tell people you actually were trained to be a lender. And they just didn't uh, tell you what the projects are, give you... Uh, business card and go out there trying to trying to bring in deals. You you were you were actually trained in that generation as all around all aspects. T- tell me a little bit about the, those first couple years and, and how your bank did that 
training uh, of getting people ready to be out on the streets talking with businesses. What was it like? Tell me about the 1980s, Pat. Yeah, it was a, it was a real immersion experience. And, and all the institutions, at least in the Nashville area at the time, had management training programs. And so the one that I went through with Commerce Union was a 12-month program where we spent about four months on the retail side. And I, you know, had from from being a teller to working in proof and everything that you do on the retail side to working in the branch system, of course. And then we spent the last part of our the last phase of training in um, in credit analysis and in commercial lending. So I quickly gravitated toward commercial lending. My passion has always been working with small businesses because prior to being in the bank, I had actually worked as a small business owner and and worked with small businesses in the Middle Tennessee area. So that's what I gravitated toward and uh, kind of specialized at the time in in, uh, commercial credit analysis, doing write-ups of these large middle market deals. But then uh, as I got into the branch system uh, toward the end of my training, I really enjoyed just going out and calling on businesses, uh, you know, small businesses to see how did they make money? What did they do? Uh, you know, what was their passion and what drove them to be in that business? And how did they, how did things work in that business? And of course that, that's something that every lender should know about their business clients as they get involved with them and, and built these relationships. I, I wish more institutions, banks and credit unions, had the patience to do that immersive training and the all-around training as opposed to, hey, you're going to be a credit analyst, learn how to spread numbers and crunch that, and and, and the silo of – and it, it's almost like uh, football these days. You know, everybody has a specialization, and you train your specialization, but people don't get trained all around. And I just wish uh, people had the patience and time to, to make all-around – bankers, as I'll say, uh, as opposed to specialists that, that we tend to see today. Exactly. And uh, at the time, I didn't fully appreciate it. But a couple of years later, as I got into more and more into commercial lending, I realized the value of that experience, even on the retail side, which I was never really going to work on the retail side. I was always designated toward the commercial side of the fence. But I think I'm still in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's worst teller somewhere <laughs> because, of, because of that experience. But um, it, it, it was a very valuable time. Uh, uh, oh, see, I, I actually, you're actually the second uh, worst teller, <laughs> the second worst teller, because so right when I first moved to Nashville, I worked for Nashville Bank of Commerce as one of their branch managers, and that was the place that had the branches and all the Krogers at the time, mm-hmm. and I, I, I was, they, they, they just said, hey, Mark. Um, you you're you're really good at numbers and you're really good at talking to people, but uh, doing these transactions and the nuts and bolts details might not be your thing. So that's kind of how I uh, got shifted more towards the uh, the business side of the the fence uh, because I was so bad at that. So, but they said you're really good at math and talking with people. So yep. I guess that's the way to get ahead. So. Tell me a little bit about Lendivative and, and what your plans are with that. Well, we started Lendivative 
after I left Jack Henry, which was in March of last year, and it was there were three of us, uh, myself, a gentleman named Paul McCullough, who specialized in, in insurance for financial institutions, and then a gentleman named Lane Scott, who serves as our director of client experience. And it's a, it's a pretty diverse group, the three of us, be, with our background and experience. And, um, but we all had a common passion to serve the small business market. And so Lendivative was created to really build and build and or acquire in the future niche lending technologies that would really foster communication between lenders and borrowers. That's our mission. And our first product, which we built in 2022, is, is a collateral management system that does just that. It puts, puts the uh, lenders and borrowers on the same page, so to speak, and increases transparency throughout the lending process. But that's the overall vision of Lendivative as we grow. I think everything that we do as a company in the future is going to come back to that core vision of trying to uh, you know, help small business owners uh, through the, you know, the credit union and the banking experience that they, that they engage in uh, with the financial institutions they're working with. And I'm going to give people the spoiler in advance that Lendivative and MBFS, uh, we're, we're, we're right at the one uh, yard line and we're going to be out there uh, working with Lendivative and bringing small businesses to credit unions. And one of the reasons that I think it's important uh, and really what was a great match for us here at MBFS, what I've seen over the past few years, you know, I, I really think, you know, Mar March 13th, 2020 changed a lot for us. Uh, and going forward, you know, r right after that, I saw credit unions and, and heck, even a lot of banks uh, they, they really pivoted and were funding massive amounts of real estate loans. If, if it was an investment loan in uh, a real estate loan, they wanted it. And, and most of those relationships have $5 in a, a savings account and a $2 million loan, and they never touch it otherwise. And they never work with the institution otherwise unless they need a new loan. And what we have seen today is that strategy, it was nice in the short term and it's a bad long-term strategy uh, because you can't have enough relationships. And, you know, real estate loans can be a piece of your portfolio, but what, what really keeps America humming and what builds relationships, true relationships at your institution is the small business side. Uh, what, what, what did you see the last few years in the lending, lending area? I agree, Mark. And if you look at the portfolios today in the credit union space, if you look at commercial loans, which is typically measured by the ratio of commercial and industrial loans to total, total loans, the credit unions average around 4%. And in the banking space, the average is around 10%. And as you indicated, the rest is really heavily concentrated in real estate, specifically commercial real estate. And then, of course, all the, you know, the various consumer categories also. But what's amazing about that same time period is the, the, the size and the growth of new small business entities in the United States. And that's a, that's a number I, I, I was responsible for tracking when I was at Jack Henry working with, you know, both Jack Henry and Scimitar and 
the the when we what we saw at the beginning of as you know it was the same period as March of 2020 on, we saw a spike in new business applications. So typically that's measured by you know EIN applications, and that number has 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 sustained itself now for three years. And the end effect of that was that in 2019, there were about 31 million businesses in the United States that are classified as small businesses. So, you know, 500 employees or less. About 6 million of those have employees. The rest are non-employer firms. Um, But that number has gone from 31 million in 2019 to today, it's over 33 million. And that pace of growth is, is still going on today as we speak. And, you know, what's, what's interesting about what your comments is and, and the, the, the opportunity to transition over into more business lending is that it, we probably have not seen a better time demographically to do that since the mid-1990s, just because of what's going on with these, with these new business entities. Yeah, I, I really see it uh, from, from a few different scenarios. I, I see it as... And over 125 million Americans belong to credit unions. That that's a lot. Uh, uh, you know, a third of the population belongs to credit unions. So under that umbrella, by the very nature, we got a lot of small business owners just walking through the door who have their accounts with us, their checking accounts, their car loans, everything with us. And to me that there is no better opportunity than just to take your existing memberships and let's mine that uh heck not even before you know we're be not even before we get out on the street beating up new business there's just a tremendous opportunity you know I- internally because we all want and everybody wants that unicorn relationship of the complete member, the complete relationships. They have deposits, they have investments, they have loans, they have all these different things with us. And as much as we've been successful in the re- commercial real estate lending, the real estate investment lending side, there's even more of an upside, I think, in that small business space to be that true, complete relationship. What do you think? I agree, and, and uh, it, I think it, the, the interesting thing about a small business relationship or you know, member businesses is that as they grow, they're, not only their need for financing grows, but their deposits grow. And to your point earlier on the, the lack of deposits with a typical real estate transaction, with small businesses as they grow and their deposits grow, typically those are going to be housed with your institution. And uh, so you grow the portfolio on, on both sides, the deposit side and the loan side while meeting the business needs. And then as that business grows, you have the opportunity to gain new consumer relationships because that business starts to have employees. And uh, so it, it even blossoms from that point. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the financing of small businesses. And I've been in the credit union space now 20, a little over 20 years. And I see a tremendous want where credit union executives, credit union board of directors say, we would like to help small businesses. We want small businesses. 
And then when they get those credits, sometimes they wince because they're not sure how to manage those relationships, how to keep up with those relationships, how to monitor those relationships. And that's the piece that I'm very excited about what we're doing because I think it can really be a bridge. So uh, just to just to give the audience a uh, a, a, a fair warning, I, I'm teeing one up for Pat right here. You know, to to talk a little bit about financing small businesses, you know, and kind of the good, bad, and ugly because I have seen. You know, one of the worst things that we can do, to me, is underfinance a growing business. And I think sometimes somebody gets a, a an app. Hey, and, and we we've heard, had this conversation before. Somebody gets an application. They need a hundred thousand dollar line of credit based on their financials from two years ago. Well, their business today is very different, and where they're growing going is a lot different. So give me your kind of state of the world of financing small businesses and how you look at it. And, uh, well, you know, what, what's, what's the, what are the different options for people? Yes. And I'll, I'll also address your, you know, the, the, uh, the idea of underfunding or even over, you know, over, you know, oversizing, a, a, for example, a line of credit for a business. I'll talk about that as well, but when these businesses first start out, they're very often just funded through the uh, through the through the owner of the business. You know, everything from credit cards to home equity. They're they're pulling the, their personal resources together. But then as they grow, they need other options. So that's where you might see uh, you know seed money investors coming in, family and friends. Maybe uh, at that point they reach outside to an institution and and do an SBA loan of some type, a seven A loan, for example. And then they reach that point where they need their first real true, you know, working capital line of credit because they're starting to grow. They've got some assets now, but those assets need to be monitored over time. You know, they're typically receivables, maybe inventory, uh, depending on if they're a manufacturer or a service business. And that's where a lot of uh, a lot of financial institutions kind of miss the mark because if you're if as a financial institution as a credit union you're if you're not really set up to value the collateral of that line of credit over time then you may struggle in in being able to offer that type of facility and certainly being able to manage it. So the trick is being able to have the tools in place. And the, the, obviously the expertise of your lender as well to use those tools to, to be able to effectively manage a line of credit. Because to your point, Mark, if you have a line that's too small and, you know, banks are horrible about this, uh, more so than credit unions, that if they, they will often, they, these smaller lines, let's say under 500,000, they may not want to monitor those. Um, because up until now they haven't really had a cost effective way to do so. So they, they basically just put a line of credit out there and secure it with the kitchen sink, you know, all business assets, personal guarantees and so forth. But as you say, it's too small. The business owner doesn't have enough working capital financing to really meet their goals and to grow the way they need to grow. But at the same time, if they, if you go the other way and, and maybe there's a really strong personal guarantor or something and you give the business too much of a line, 
then you're devoting funds that are never going to be used. And if they are used, you're in trouble because that means that they, they, they were used probably uh, with, you know, not supported by assets of the company and it could become an evergreen type of situation. So somebody the trick is to, to find buy a car. Somebody needed exactly. to buy a car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, even personal assets. I mean, who knows? Yes. Um, but you know, the, the goal is to find the, that, that middle ground where you're, you're keeping the control of the, of the collateral management process. And if you do that, then something beautiful happens because your lenders end up knowing these business owners better than anybody else, any other clients, any other members within your institution. Uh, because they literally see the lifeblood of that business happening day to day. They see the money going in. They see the receivables being paid. They see the inventory being accumulated. Again, depending on what type of business it is, they know more about those businesses than anybody else. And so when it comes time for that next credit facility, you know, owner-occupied real estate, that piece of equipment that's going to take their production to the next level, uh, whatever it might be, they they are there. They they could pretty much do the write up in their sleep at that point because they know everything about that business, uh, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I really think the more we can keep that relationship with the institution, then the 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 stronger it is, the deeper it is, uh, and and because having to send people a, a growing business out to some of the third party and maybe to the factors, to the pure receivable financing people, it is very, it can be very expensive for the business. And and, and sometimes almost becomes more of like, I call call it the, sometimes more of your payday lending, uh, where it becomes a little bit of a death spiral for these businesses. But there's so many quality businesses that deserve fair financing. And, and 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 yeah, there there's ways to do it that that's effective uh, to do it. Uh, you know, let let's and and I think with us, I, I look at Lendivative as a, a good oh, the middle of the road hybrid approach uh, to use this to help out because it is m- most of my credit union partners they come to us for a back office. And if I tell them, hey, uh, you really need to be more line, you need more businesses, some of the reasons they've leaned on real estate loans is because they don't have the time and resources and systems to do it internally. And may, even the community banks, as you know, don't have these time systems and resources to do this. So that's why I really think, you know, that, that, the, the Lendivative approach fits a good market uh, be, because when you look at the profile of, of who this fits, it, it's the ideal credit union member. I agree. And, uh, you know, the, and again, in working with these, these businesses over time, you know, the, the satisfaction rates are off the charts. You know, one, one study that I look at every year is the, it's actually produced by the, the Federal Reserve, but it's a survey of small business credit. And year after year, consistently, credit unions and small banks win the day in terms of client satisfaction and customer service, as opposed to the fintech lenders that you were talking about, factoring companies and things like that. So they're, they, 
businesses want to do business with credit unions and they, they know they're going to get a high level of service when they do. Now it's just a matter of connecting them with the right technology to make that happen and to, uh, you know, to provide that, that lender expertise that so many credit unions are looking for to get into this space. Well, we're, we're really looking forward to connecting credit unions nationwide. Uh, and, and many will be new credit unions for us. Many will be our exist, existing clients uh, on, on really giving people a service that is needed with back office support to do just that, to, to bring in those business relationships, but do it in a credit criteria and a credit structure uh, that aligns with your culture and policies as far as keeping up with these loans. Uh, like you said, you know, the, the easiest thing in the world is to, to slap a, uh, uh, a UCC filing out there and just hope there for a minute, but you... Uh, you, you really just are, are praying that what you end up with a result in a couple years when you review that line works for everybody still today, uh, as opposed to nurturing that relationship and growing the relationship. So I'm really excited about where we're heading with Lendivative and what we're doing and being able to offer something that is completely new and different to the credit union marketplace because I know it doesn't exist with other people. So so I'm really happy. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on where we're going and uh, conquering the world. Oh, we're excited as well. You know, there. if you look at financial technology investment since really since the since 2008 or nine, since the Great Recession, most of it has, has been around, you know, payments and things like that. Uh, and there's been very little te new technology on the lending side outside of a loan origination system network. There's been, a, you know, obviously a lot of loan origination systems that their credit unions and banks have both taken taken advantage of. But you know, our goal with this was to get dig deeper and get into the niches of day-to-day -day practices and processes, and uh, that that's that's why we're so excited to work with MBFS and and um, and to you know to connect credit unions together through through these technologies that will you know that will give them the expertise they need to uh, provide this type of financing because it is going to expand into other other fields of financing it's going to expand into more real estate lending for that business owner as an owner occupied you know resident of that business it's going to expand into more consumer business more deposits and everything else and uh, at the end of the day that's what that's my goal as an individual is to is to help put those, you know, the financial institutions together with the small businesses because everybody wins when that happens and when it's structured properly. Yeah, I mean, we, we have over 7,000 business loans in our servicing portfolio today. And I think just, you know, helping out the people that we, we, we're, we're sitting there staring at us in the face uh, is a big step in helping out the people that are members and have accounts today but the credit unions haven't tapped into, but just the, the, the universe out there to have a sales tool out there to be able to bring in uh, an operating business and, uh, and have those. Because often one of the objections that I hear is, you know, we don't have the systems for it. We don't have the, we don't have the people. If you have a checking account, 
and, and we can put a properly managed line of credit with it, you, you got a winner. So, so you'll be competitive out there in the marketplace, and uh, it, it'll be good for good good for the business, good for the credit union, and uh, you know, good for us to help people bridge that gap and, and build it. So, so yeah, it's uh, you know we're we're going to be rolling this out very shortly to people, and, and more details to follow. Uh, and we'll we'll have some few educational sessions, but you know, for well, if you're not in the credit union space and and listening to me right now, God bless you. But you know, ninety nine percent of our people are are credit union folks, and, and we would love to uh, get on the phone with uh, Pat and myself and talk a little bit digger dig deeper into how we can help people. Uh, bring in more business relationships and ultimately those deposits that everybody is desperately looking for. Pat, I'll flip it to you for some parting words. No, I just, again, I want to thank you for uh, inviting me to the podcast today. And I'm really excited about moving forward with, uh, with you and your team and uh, also about serving the credit union space. Um, it's uh, you know these 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 solutions that we're building at Lendivative are going to uh, not only help businesses but they're also going to bring consistency to the process of lending and uh, I think have a there's going to be a large educational impact as well for those credit unions that are looking for guidance on how to do this type of lending and uh, that's that you know at the end of the, I'm I'm really an educator at heart and that's so that piece of it is important to me as well but again thank you for including me in, in today's podcast. Thank you. And, and, and today's guest is, is Pat True, one of the founders of Lendivative, uh, a really innovative uh, fintech company out there. You know, and they're, they're initially focusing on, on helping out uh, credit unions with small businesses and, and build stronger lines of credit. Uh, we would love to, to talk with you about this. And, uh, you know, today, today is day one, and uh, we're going to be out there building this and, and educating people. So thank you for joining uh, the, me today. Uh, thank you for Pat True to, to joining me. And I hope uh, you, you have a great time and you're having a great summer. And uh, you listen to us and subscribe. And uh, we will talk to you very soon. And have a great day. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.